0: Hello. Hello. Huh? My gosh, what is going on with my camera today? Here, I'll set up a little bit. Welcome to another hometown daily news show. Uh, today is October 30th, 2022. Halloween is tomorrow. I'm not scared. Are you? Well, let's get into today's news. If you, stumble across this in podcast form, please stop by twitch.tv slash hometown and uh, we can have a chat live every day, 6 PM, six to seven. I am trying to expand it, but life in hometown is unpredictable and I have to triage each day until I can find time. Uh, to actually sit down and um, stream, so the office of Mayor Watt is jam-packed. Uh, and again, I am Mayor Watt. This is Ometepec Daily News Show. That is ometown.com. That's what powers this whole shindig. Um, all of my news gets art- uh, kind of jammed into six article uh, categories: um, create news, education, entertainment, social, and technology. I come from it. I, I come to it at the angle of Uh, you know, I'm kind of a jumble of words today, so I speak to it from the perspective of business, technology, and society. I don't think that anybody can get away from all three of these things. Um, if you are a lone wolf out there on the prairie, um, sure you can have, you can get away from it, from business, technology, and society, but you are not a society. You are one person alone out there in the woods or in the prairie or wherever you might be, but you aren't part of anything. You're not part of a tribe. You're not part of a group, an organization, anything. Uh, but the moment that you interact with a second person, you're a society and look at that. All of a sudden you have business and technology and society all grouping together. And even when you're out on your own, you can't get away from technology because even a hammer is technology. Yeah, it's pretty tough in business. Well, don't get me started. If you've got two people and you're bartering for supplies and support and doing, uh, you know, in kind service, whatever it might be. Hey, I need uh, you to dig a ditch and I'll build a roof on your um, hut or whatever it is you're out because you're out there in the sticks, right? Wherever you might be, that's business. So no, you can't get away from any of the three in reality, when you're all linked together in society. So let's get into this. I've got a bunch of articles. Uh, This first one is in the continuity report, which is all about uh, movies and TV shows and whatever else might have continuity issues. So this article, though, is um, from the box office over at Variety.com. They have an article uh, titled Black Adam triumphs again with 27 million and Ticket to Paradise stays strong. There's been a lot of issues um, with Ticket to Paradise. People have been talking about it um, because the, the two lead actors in the in Ticket to Paradise, um, have been coined as being, you know, older. (laughs) Um, and to me, eh, you know, I dig actors for actors' sake and for their work. Um, their age doesn't necessarily matter, obviously, unless they're trying to play. Although, just recently, I saw (laughs) this person was, I think they said that they were 28, but they looked like they were 16 and they were in a series on, um, uh, Apple TV, Disney, or was it Apple TV? I'm not sure now where it was. Anyway, ghostwriter. Um, I was watching it with the family and one of the actors there is like 28 years old or something like that. Cause I couldn't recognize them. And like I, I had in my head, I've seen them somewhere. Um, But it wasn't them, it was somebody else. Um, At any rate, so Ticket to Paradise, you know, if you enjoy it, just enjoy it, folks. Um, I guess by me talking about it like this, it makes it sound like it's a thing for me, a problem for me, but it's not. And I'm, like, giving it legs because uh, somebody else is talking about it, but that's not true. Just addressing the elephant in the room in regards to Ticket to Paradise. Uh, Rebecca Rubin is the author of this over at Variety.com and it says Black Adam conquered the box office again in its second weekend in theaters. This is from the author um, again over at Variety.com Warner Brothers comic book adventure starring Dwayne Johnson as a baddie who promises to change the hierarchy of power uh, in regards to this there have been people that are sitting there saying you know it's crying to do or crying it's trying to be a dog whistle towards this or towards that um i don't know to me i just watch a movie because it's a movie and it's for entertainment purposes and sometimes there is a message there um, i haven't seen black adam just yet but he's an anti-hero from uh, all accounts of my understanding of black adam um, in the dc universe I'm not so sure um, there is anything more to it than just being an entertaining movie. It says it didn't take much for Black Adam to dominate the box office since only one new movie, Lionsgate Supernatural th- uh, Thriller Pray for the Devil, opened in North America. Wow, one movie. The PG 13 horror movie debuted in line with expectations, notching third place with 7 million. Wow. Is it me or are those really low numbers all around? Hmm, I don't know. Ticket to Paradise, a romantic comedy with Julia Roberts and George Clooney, landed at the number two spot with 10 million dropping just 39% in that second weekend. Just. The film has grossed 33.7 million to date, a solid result given the current challenges facing theatrical rom coms. It has amassed another 85 million at the international box office pushing its worldwide tally to 119 this is all over at that article um and they have more they kind of trail off to other um discussions in this article so i would encourage you to go over and read more about it um but those were the two in the headline says in eighth place the buzzy slasher film terrifier 2 continued to impress collecting 1.8 million from 1,550 cinemas over the weekend. The independent movie which is distributed by Bloody Disgusting is already wildly profitable since it has grossed $7.63 million on a $250,000 budget. I would suspect that that movie will end up in How Did This Get Made's podcast by the same name. How Did This Get Made? A Terrifier 2. I don't know. Maybe it's a a cult classic already in the making. Elsewhere in the box office, two art house movies. I think it's called Tar. It has a little tick over the A. And Till expanded nationwide to middling results in sixth place. The well-reviewed Till generated 2.8 million from 2058 locations. Not bad, right? Boosting its North American total to 3.6. It's this is an independent film for crying out loud art house movies um as far as i know are independent um go check out this article please and if you're interested in this kind of stuff um, i am hoping to spin up um, the continuity report starting in january another hour once a week show hometown uh, daily news will be the only daily show uh, at hometown the next article is in the warcrafter channel Um uh, Build big, stupid, custom spaceships with friends in Cosmeteer. This is one that I have just acquired. Um, I haven't yet even played past maybe the first 15 minutes I got pulled away. Uh, Space Strategy Sandbox and Building Nerds. Have you seen Cosmeteer yet? It is over in Steam, so you can go and get it now. Uh, It's a Starship Designer Simulator that puts you or you and some friends in a big universe to command an ever-growing custom-built fleet against a variety of AI or player opponents. It's a cool loop, one where you defeat enemies, complete contract missions, and go mining to get resources, and then use that loot to upgrade your ship so that you can take over harder and ever harder tasks. Uh, You can do all that with buddies in co-op, which I absolutely love. So if you're interested in doing something like that with me, uh, let me know. I will uh, reach out to you and we can play um, Cosmo tier together. Uh, You can also test your ship designs against players in PvP and make wild ideas work before you invest in them via the creative mode, which I have yet to start up. Uh, But I'm hearing good things about it. So I, um, I, I went and got it. And it's, uh, like it says here in the article, it's early access. So expect some changes to be made manifest. Jonathan Bolding over at PCGamer.com wrote this article. Um, and it says, or make functional ones, whatever. I'm not your dad. Neither am I. I'm also your, not your financial advisor. I'm not your attorney. Um, and... Uh, Well, I guess I could be your business consultant, but that's a whole different thing Um, and not my job as mayor. So I'm not your business consultant either. So is there anything else over in this article? Go and check it out. It's over at Steam. It says here that it's for 20 bucks. I'm not sure what the price is by the time this gets posted. And by the time I start uh, talking, who knows something could have changed. Um, but it's over at Steam right now. Cosmoteer. It says it, it currently enjoys a somewhat shocking 96% pro, uh, positive out of 1113 reviews. I'm not quite sure why it's somewhat shocking. I'm um, considering everybody who tried it out in early before it went it dropped to early access. Uh, their reviews of it were that they dug it. I mean, it was it's just awesome because all you do is fly around and and do contract jobs uh, to eliminate things and get resources and then expand on um, your ship. I mean, it's just kind of spectacular. It's a lot of fun. Um, just watching people play it was a lot of fun. The only problem, though, is that I didn't get much of a story um, because I didn't get to watch much of the play from people. Um, but I suppose there might be a story there. I hope there is because everything that I dig about Everything that I dig about uh, like world builders and stuff like that is kind of built on the idea that there is uh, some type of plot storyline. And while I'm building, I'm getting to that end piece. It's kind of like Grounded. Grounded has this just huge storyline that follows along, and you have to do certain steps to get there. Um, and then, and by huge, I mean you have to go from being uh, tiny to being embiggened. That's the entire premise of Grounded. Anyway, go check it out. Uh, the next article is over in the Hatch Ideas channel. Satellite pictures shine light on the nations that inflate their GDP. A tweet from author Nissim Nicholas Taleb uh, caught the author's eye last week amid the merry-go-round of prime ministers. Uh, they told us uh, all to stop complaining about the turnover in Britain. Uh, it caught my eye. Partly because I'd done some complaining myself in last week's column. This is the author talking. Um, There's this little snippet here that says authoritarian regimes can be seen to be manipulating their economic growth rates to greater extent than democracies. Anyway, his argument was that it's good that such fast turnover can happen and definitely preferable to other nations that have no turnover, i.e., Russia, Saudi Arabia, um, China, uh, North Korea, um, on and on. I mean, it it there are several. <laughs> anyway, it's this is over in the Guardian, and it doesn't look like there's an author here. It's just as the Observer Global Economy. Um, I don't know if there's. Oh, Torsten Bell. Sorry, this layout. It, I thought was in a different way. Anyway, uh, satellite pictures shine light on the nations that inflate their GDP is an article over at the guardian by Torsten bell. And, um, It says here, the tweet prompted two reactions. The first and strongest was that just maybe we don't face a binary choice between dictatorship and the recent chaos. But second, that it's always good to be reminded of the benefits of our democracy. Being able to dispense swiftly of leaders making big mistakes is important as a U.S. stuck with, or as a U.S., as the U.S. was stuck with, Trump for four years demonstrated. Well, let's just... Huh. let's put a caveat on that um it says here and let me finish their paragraph here and there are some specific advantages for us economic researchers okay so let me just put a very big caveat on there if something is stacking the deck against a dynamic change then it's really tough to to move out the bad actors because there are checks and balances from doing exactly that well whatever went on. And I'd really like to researchers to look into this. Um, I don't think that I'm capable of, I don't have that type of connection because it's political. Um, and my, my aspirations are not political. I may be mayor of hometown, but hometown is a bunch of electrons in the wires of the internet. Um, this idea that we were stuck was firmly bound in a captured Senate um, because the people spoke twice uh, to impeach Trump. And in both cases, the Republican Party that held the primary. And this was an issue that had been already addressed by the previous leaders, previous presidents of the United States. The moment we ended up in a two party system, we were going to end up with two gangs battling it out with a metric ton of money. And that's why we ended up here. It it isn't because we wanted authoritarianism that we wanted fascism. There is a minor number of people that will just vote down ticket. And that's because they identify as Republican. And there are no other choices that hold the purse strings. And that's where the real change is with money. So all of these wing nuts that are controlling Senate, they're not going to let go of the money because leaving the Republican party would mean I don't have any access to funds. So they are going along, they are getting along. And this is a phrase that has stuck with me for a long time now. I'd say a decade plus, you know, get along to go along. It's a horrible thing because it makes you literally supporting the bad efforts simply because you want to keep your gig. And so we ended up with, you know, this far away from a complete coup, Uh, we had a coup attempt. On January sixth, um, all because there are a bunch of wing nuts that are feeding a an ignorance fiesta and an ignorance uh, fine dining experience. They they are supporting these wing nuts by telling wing nut stories, and the wing nuts aren't doing the due diligence necessary to. Move away from the wingnut fringe. Why? No idea. It's intellectual dishonesty, but the people who need to learn that there is a problem here in that... this is wingnut fringe, and I'm talking about the wing nut fringe they aren't going to willingly go search for something that impugns their own belief system. And that's really where the problem is. It's a belief and you can't stamp out a, an ideology. I've said this before in, in previous streams, the only way you can stamp out an ideology without being, well, you can't without being a complete sociopath. You have to do, (laughs) you have to do Tiananmen square style authoritarian actions, you have to, you have to stamp it out through fear of reprisal. And we're moving slowly towards that here in the US. I mean, never in my lifetime, have I ever heard of people armed to the teeth monitoring election spots for fraud yet there's never been any fraud there's never been shown any fraud and i just saw another tweet it, it popped up again because it had been uh, something of a discussion previously here in the states um two people of color black people were told that it was okay for them to vote and they were arrested but two white people we're told we caught voting twice and they were summarily dismissed. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. There's no institutional issue here, but this is all part and parcel to the ideological issue and not to being able to dispense swiftly of leaders making big mistakes. That doesn't solve the problem and it won't solve the problem anywhere. Being able to dispense swiftly of leaders making big mistakes means somebody else can move in and remedy those swift changes. And that's exactly what has happened in the United States. It's the, the Senate has been stacked through wealth and control. And everybody in Senate wants to keep their job more than anything else. They want power because as the population and time goes by, Senate increases in authority while the House of Representatives declines. More people get added to the House of Representatives. The Senate will always be a hundred people, two per state, regardless of the density of the state, it's supposed to be a check and a balance, but all you have to do is get 51. Not bad, right? Regulatory capture. Taleb's rant reminded this author of the paper that quantified the extent to which GDP statistics have been manipulated in authoritarian regimes and democracies. The author examined the relationship between nighttime light emissions, a proxy for economic progress that is independently measurable from satellites, the reported economic growth. The less democratic a country, the greater the GDP gdp growth reported for a given increase in light i.e the more the stats got inflated the author argues that could mean gdp growth rates being inflated by 15 to 30 percent in the most authoritarian regimes and all that matters is that now and and this is something that the moment this is the observer effect the moment that somebody comes out and says hey i'm looking at you all it takes now is somebody to just start pumping out lights everywhere. All because there's some article. Got to watch everything. Like I said, it's not going to stop there. Now there's going to be lights somewhere and it's going to be representative of growth. And it's going to match their GDP. Because lights are cheap. It's just LEDs. Nowadays. Um, this article, Joe Rogan praises Elon Musk for wanting to bring, quote, reasonable idea, exchange of ideas back to Twitter. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Again, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Twitter is a plurality. It's a melting pot of ideologies it's a melting pot of people and you will not change this until you remove the the anonymity which means that you will change the chemistry of twitter if you have to identify yourself you will change the identity of twitter if you and he he being elon musk wants to integrate this into a unified app much like china has right now with um their uh social um credit kind of construction um musk had you know banged his drum for a banking app at x.com pardon me one second musk banged his go- his drum for x.com and uh wasn't making it. So parlayed that into PayPal and took that, uh, and, and before that it was zip 2 And, uh, in all of these cases there were partners, but nobody hears about the partners. They only hear about Elon Musk. Musk is basically like jobs. Um, just the front man for the band. The real work was done behind the scenes. Um, and, uh, this is, This is not going to be anything you cannot wipe out the entirety of the, the mishmash of ideas and means of communication and style of communication. Reasonable exchange of ideas is not going to take place in some pithy little snippet of text and it's not going to take place. You're going to change the nature of Twitter if you allow a long form video and long form text. It's designed to pique somebody's curiosity so that they do their own due diligence. But a lot of people will not do that. And thus, Twitter exists in somewhat of a vacuum of pithy statements that are supposed to be enough for somebody to get the picture. Um, but most people that I know of use it for marketing and nothing else. Their account exists to market. Um, and I, for one, don't use, didn't use Twitter that much before. And now I'm not even going to bother because who knows what's going on behind the scenes at Twitter. And like I said in the last episode, that, that little nominal bit, that that little bit, that quantum of <laughs> transparency at Twitter um, is gone. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust stats out of Twitter um, if anybody's life depended on it. Joe Rogan praised Elon Musk's Twitter takeover in his latest podcast with comedian Bridget Fetty. Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name. Or their last name i should say he said musk wants to bring back a reasonable exchange of ideas and things this is important yeah you know a lot of people thought the same thing about reddit you know dig imploded because it went straight commercial just basically like an arterial spray of commercialism into dig it died on the vine the the immediate moment that it opened its floodgates to direct publication um, of basically ads, <clears throat> at least that's what a lot of people. When I was at, I wasn't at Dig. I was a consumer of Dig. That was what caused the implosion of Dig. Everybody went over to Reddit, and everybody at Reddit basically said, "Oh, that's th- now they're moving in." Yet now, di- uh, now Reddit is huge, absolutely huge, and has little. Um ecosystems of personality, little cultures of you know, subreddits, and that's where it stays. Sometimes it bleeds over, but there are policies and procedures in place to mitigate that bleed over into other uh cultures, like you don't go into Batman subreddit and and talk about Superman. well, I mean, you don't go into d c subreddits and talk about anything else. Otherwise you might get banned. I don't know. Um, it is what it is, but Twitter isn't like that. Twitter doesn't have like little subcultures. It's built around hashtags. Um, it has a culture all of its own and trying to inject reasonable exchange of ideas doesn't work because there are irrational, unreasonable people out there that don't want to have a conversation. They want to expouse their ideas. And either you like it or you hate it. You are either a friend or you are a complete diametrically opposed enemy. And I will do anything I can to get rid of you from invading my idea. That's how it works. That's vitriol. That's, that's pure anger. That's I'm not interested in having a conversation and in Twitter, it's really tough. To have a real conversation because there are a lot of irrational people that will inject their commentary and derail the conversation and it's up to each person who runs the thread to manage that stream Joe Rogan praised Elon Musk wanting to bring back a reasonable exchange of ideas who do you think is gonna do that how do you think you're gonna do that now it's gone private. There's zero oversight now. Some people are staying, other people are getting fired and he gets an email. We'll get to that later on. But this article is over at, um, businessinsider.com. Sam Tabor is a, it might be just Tabor um, is, um, the author of the article. And um, I remember Joe Rogan from way back MTV days. Um, Elon took over Twitter today like we live in a simulation, Fetasy said. That crazy bastard did it, she added, calling his stunt of walking into Twitter's San Francisco headquarters with a sink, a dad joke. It's a stupid joke. It doesn't even make any sense other than Something that doesn't riff off of anything. Let that sink in? That's so dumb. Rogan said it was important that Musk wanted to restore reasonable exchange of ideas on Twitter and notable coming from someone who is that wealthy and had been left-leaning most of his life. Right. this actually embodies exactly what i've been saying and it's coming from rogan who probably is the same way but i've never even looked into rogan Uh, enough people have said that they don't like rogan for me to not even bother looking at rogan at some point i was like how did musk become musk um and that dude came from money like nobody's Money. okay he walked around with emeralds in his pockets and paid for things with emeralds raw emeralds from dad's mine that is the history of it um and it, i'm sure that it's going to get whitewashed at some point um but rogan no idea haven't even bothered looking into him um but his statement is exactly what i've been saying um in this stream for the last nine, ten months coming up on 11 months the wealthier you become the more sociopathic you become and it's a defense mechanism and if this is tracking true it becomes the more wingnut right political demographic so you become more of a wingnut when you get wealthy to the point where you could care less about human society oh and 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 just so that you know do you think really do you think that this is about Bettering the world by switching to electric vehicles and that was the motivation? I hate to break it to you, that's not it. It's about getting so much money that you don't have to worry about anything anymore. And just so you know, it isn't him. (laughs) There's always an engineer that is... Riding in the wake of Elon Musk because... Every engineer basically has to go and chase money to get something done. And Musk is a metric shit ton of money. And he has political connections to get grants. So of course there's big money following Musk around and you can get paid big bucks, but he didn't start zip 2 all on his own. He didn't start X.com all on his own. He had other people that were skilled in the art, right? The things that I've done, I've done on my own. That's why I'm not a billionaire. He didn't start Tesla. He didn't start PayPal. He merged X into PayPal with other people that were engineers and better connected. He didn't start Tesla. He bought his way into it. He didn't start anything and spacex almost imploded but it was a nasa grant built off of the engineers capabilities not elon musk he's just the front man for the band and buying twitter is just another thing he thinks that he's gonna change it he's gonna fix it it's not gonna change anything this is what's gonna happen he's privatized twitter he needs to start paying almost a million dollars a year or sorry not a million a billion dollars a year just to pay back the financial burden there depending on how it was all calculated out you know there's in the startup world there's pre-money and post-money and when you privatize something whoever it was that put their money into it owns a certain portion of it I don't know what the ratio is between Elon Musk and various other people. All we know is that Elon Musk paid $44 billion. That's not really how it works. He did not pay $44 $44 billion. He paid $44 billion in money, but there could be a small cohort, and there is based on the tweets that were, not the tweets, but the texts that we've seen. There are people that paid into it. So now he's got to pay that back and Twitter has debt. So this is something that'll have to be paid. And what's going to, pardon me. What's going to end up happening is it's going to keep on making money. And the people that are in the business are going to keep getting their draw. (laughs) People are still going to get paid because Advertisers haven't disappeared from Twitter. It's still a vehicle for conversation. Somewhere in the back end, things are changing. What they are, how they are made manifest, I don't know. The rumor is larger tweets, video, and what else? What else could there possibly be? Oh, let's make it a subscription service, $5 a month, and you don't get advertisements. I haven't seen advertisements and I don't know how long over on Twitter. Yeah, I ignore it all. It means nothing to me. Just like most people, the the purpose of an ad isn't for clicks. I mean, most people don't click on ads. They see the ad and it becomes a psychological impression. It it, it becomes a, a part of you until You know that just seeing the little Nike swoosh reminds you directly of Nike. That's the purpose of it. So where is this going to go? Nowhere. Suddenly it's going to become public again. They're going to re-release the stash of stock. It's going to go public again. Except that everybody is going to have a different ratio of ownership. A few people are going to have controlling stock and some amount is going to go public and it's going to be the same valuation as before, unless it's traded off of Musk's name, just like Tesla is irrationally high for what it is. And it's losing ground. There are so many competitors that are moving into this space because they had to save up enough and recapitalize this new direction of electric vehicles. But the energy grid can't handle mass production. The time it takes to charge a vehicle is just too sh- too long for and too low of a return um, for. General consumption. Some people are early adopters, but in the grand scheme of things, it takes too long to charge a battery when it takes five minutes for me to fill up with gas, but look at gas prices, ever increasing diesel through the roof, twice as high as a year ago. Anyway, then we hear about all of these other numb nuts, Ted Cruz. Who cares? Ted Cruz. Don't you have a vacation to take and blame it on your kids? LeBron LeBron James said he didn't care who owns Twitter, but hope Musk would take hate speech seriously after reports that the use of the N word had surged. You think that you're going to stamp out that ideology simply because you block Use of the N-word on Twitter? That's not how ideologies work. Education is how you stamp out ideologies. I think we have a bigger problem in sociopathy, but that one is a hard one to detect and change the direction of. I have other ideas about that, but let's move on. This next article is in Hatch Ideas. A 19-year-old who makes $10,000 a month from his video game side hustle. Quote, I never knew that writing could make me so much. Arish Lahijani makes up to $10,000 per month from his unique lucrative side hustle, writing backstories for Grand Theft Auto video game characters. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. Megan Sauer? Or Sawyer. I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name. Megan. Tell me how to say it. Anyway, this is over at the CNBC.com site called Make It. Um, Arash Lahiji was a high school senior when he learned that he could make money writing backstories for video game characters. A friend of his had paid a Fiverr freelancer $70 to do it for Grand Theft Auto characters, uh, he recalls. So he started researching and realized that it was a mar- market. A- anything can be a market, folks. Uh, even better, it was something that he could do as a side hustle after school and during weekends. A week later, on April 2021, he set himself up on Fiverr, and since then he's earned writing more than 400 character backstories for an online version of the video game Grand Theft Auto, according to documents reviewed by CNBC, Make It. In just his second full month on the platform, he made $9,700. I never knew that writing could make me $10,000 in a month. Lahijani, now a 19-year-old sophomore at New York's Baruch, I guess, Baruch? College? I don't know how to pronounce it. Tell CNBC, make it, um, $10,000 a month folks. Um, this is why I tell people in my sphere of influence, start now, start early. As you get older, you become more and more overwhelmed by responsibility. And if you can make a, a, a large amount of money early and sock it away, then you can enjoy your work today much later in life. When it really matters that you have either free time or something to cover medical costs or a whole host of other things like, well, <laughs> I'm tired of that person's BS. I'm bowing out. So they have a little thing here at that article, um, how to write video game backstory. Mahijani Johnny writes, uh, says his writing skills aren't from English classes or extracurricular interests at Peru College, where he has a full academic scholarship law. Johnny is studying statistics and quantitative modeling. So, person's no slouch there, folks. Rather, he says his knack for storytelling comes from writing and listening to speeches. In his high school, he was the a grade president, the school treasurer, and the founder of the Computer Science Club. So, this person has a work ethic that Blows most people out of the water and had it while they were in high school. Lahajani goes by Jimmy Can Write on Fiverr. Offers three types of packages for his clients, which cost between $45 and $195. The most expensive option includes a 10-page backstory that takes about a week to write in the most popular and is the most popular. So 200 bucks, folks. Somebody could slide in at under there if they have good writing skills. Probably Yeah, you know, yeah, pretty good writing skills would do it and charge 175 bucks. It might take you a week, but you don't write sustained for a week. It doesn't take 40 hours. You know, that I mean, 10 pages in a week. It's quite the hustle. Huh? How would you know if it's unique or not either for premium stories? He asks each client about their character's birthplace, age, job, strengths, weaknesses. This is all RPG stuff. This is role-playing game stuff. This is stuff that many of us who play role-playing games have been doing for years and years. Can you imagine if, you're really into it and you are in high school, all you have to do is ask these questions and then learn how to write better. You know, you can actually do it as a side gig again and again and again while you're in high school. That's what this person did. Go and do it. Why is writing will stay a side hustle. Full-time writers at video game studios make an average of $56,417 according to ZipRecruiter. This is what's in the article. So Avla Johnny made his maximum of 10,000 per month He'd earn two times that. For the most part, La Johnny uses the cash for practical things. He says he spent twelve thousand dollars on a used car and put six thousand into a Roth. Well that's eighteen thousand out of the sixty thousand. Somewhere around twenty thousand is going into taxes. Hopefully he's paying taxes. Let's move on. The next article is bees shown to count from left to right for first time. This is all stuff that's over in the uh, ShowBot. So if you do exclamation point ShowBot, it'll give you a URL to go to. That's hometown.showbot.tv. All of these articles that I talk about are gonna be in the uh, show notes as well and in the podcast show notes. So it's over on YouTube, it's here on Twitch as a VOD, but only for 60 days then uh, which just kills the oldest VOD um, and the podcast. You can just do a search anywhere for hometown and it'll pull up hometown. Um, so these bees are counting from left to right for the first time. Bees order numbers in increasing size from left to right. A study has shown for the first time supporting a much debated theory that this direction is inherent in all animals, including humans Pierre Collier or Celerier? Celerier, I think is their last name. Pardon me. Anyway, Western research has found uh, that even before children learn to count, they start organizing uh, growing quantities from left to right in what is called the mental number line. However, the opposite direction has been found in people from cultures that use an Arabic script, which leads from right to left subject is still being debated between those who think the mental number line has an innate character um, and those who say it's cultural said martin uh, giurfa a professor of research center on animal cognition at paul sabatier university or sabatier university um, in toulouse france it's probably sabatier um, there have been recent evidence that newborn babies and some vertebrate animals, including primates, organize numbers from left to right. This is such a struggle. Um, why anybody would want to know what the innate number line is if there is one and and argue the the case, it might be because of the ease of learning perhaps and and that uh, retraining the natural order of mental processes so that. You learn from right to left instead of left to right. If that's the natural thing, might create a friction point. Um, maybe that's a possibility. Uh, it says they also process information differently in the two hemispheres of their brains. He added this trait ha- they seem to share with humans and is thought to be a potential reason for the existence of the mental number line, Gerfa said. It says uh, it has already been shown that bees are able to count at least up to five. For the experiment the researchers had individual honeybees fly into the first of two compartments of a wooden box sugar water was then used to entice the bees to select a number affixed to the middle of the back of the second compartment the number stayed the same for each individual bee but varied randomly across the group from between uh, one three or five in shapes of circles squares or triangles once the bees were trained to fly towards their set number, the researchers removed it and put another number on both sides of the second compartment, leaving the middle blank. They then removed the sugar water reward and observed which way they, the bees went. For example, if the bee was trained to select the number three and was now faced with a, a two number ones on either side and nothing in the middle, which way did they fly? Well, around 80% of the time, the bees chose the option on the left the correct choice if brains ordered numbers from left to right hold on a second they chose the option to the left okay but if those same bees were given two number fives to choose from they went right again supporting the mental number line uh mental number line or they understood what the number was they looked at the number that shape was retained so that they returned to it much like knowing where flowers are and that's why they fly in that direction to flowers they don't just aimlessly fly around and find flowers they do when they're hunting for flowers but when they find flowers they go to the flowers so So if animals do in fact, okay, wait. And bees trained to go for the number one went to the right for a three number while bees targeting a five went to the left for their three. Well, I would suspect that maybe if they don't go, if they don't find their number, then they just pick an option. And if there's only three, then yeah, they're going to go to the right or to the left, depending on what number they were trained to see and no longer see. So if they were trained for the five, they would go over to the left versus the right. I don't know. I'll have to go and read this article. Um, yeah. So interesting if it's true, Uh, More research will come out of this. Um, This next article, though, is over in the Hatch Ideas channel. Uh, Elon Musk says uh, he has no, uh, quote, no idea who the CEO, end quote, of Twitter is after being sent an auto email telling him, quote, it's time to start managing. Uh, Here is a picture of Elon Musk after stating, you know, I bought Twitter, right? Uh, Even if the world's richest man may still have a thing or two to learn about running a company, according to Automated Systems at his latest acquisition, at least, Elon Musk was sent an email from Twitter telling him, quote, it's time to start managing at Twitter 101 in reference to a training course about what it means to be a good manager at Twitter. It came days after he finally took control of the social media platform in a $44 billion deal that took months to close after the billionaire attempted to walk away. Musk tweeted on Sunday, just received an email from Twitter. This is an actual real email that was auto-generated. He joked, so demanding to allow a mere 30 days to learn this priceless information, but Management 201 is such a tantalizing carrot. (laughs) Well, I guess we'll see. We shall see. Anyway, anybody newly added to a corporation pretty much will get an automated email saying, welcome to the company. And here's the things that you have to do, like, you know, title nine training or, um, cybersecurity training or all ethics training, all kinds of stuff. I'm sure all of it would get dismissed by Musk. Anyway, this is over at businessinsider.com by Sam Tabaridi, um, Musk tweeted that he has no idea who the CEO is yet, despite calling himself Chief Twit. Yeah, everything's a joke. Anyway, uh, New York's smallest apartment has no bathroom. This is stuff that I've talked about previously, but these are new articles. So it's not like it's a one off kind of a thing. Um, new York's smallest apartment has no bathroom, and its renter shares uh, one in the hall with its neighbors. Alex Vorhaeg moved into a 95-square-foot um, East Village apartment in 2020. He pays $1,100 a month for his micro studio and shares bathrooms with his neighbors. Dorm-style living has become more common. And median rent soars to $4,000 in Manhattan. And that's because everything is owned. And if you want to live in Manhattan instead of somewhere else on other sides of bridges and have a two-hour commute, you're going to end up paying dearly for it. Um, 95 square feet of apartment without a bathroom. I think that that should be illegal, but if people are willing to pay it, who am I? Right. Jordan Hart over at business insider is the author of this. I got a few articles from business insider. I guess it's a busy day. Uh, Sunday though is usually kind of the for news. Um, at any rate, I go over and check it out. And he can literally touch both sides of his, I would say, everything um, micro studio. Uh, this is not something that I would probably champion. Uh, but uh, Jordan Hart, again, wrote this article over at Business Insider. And again, it's over at ShowBot. So go and check it out. Uh, Tv. Go and check it out next article diesel market is in a perfect storm as prices surge supply dwindles ahead of winter diesel prices are surging uh, with uh, supply at a level not seen since the 1950s and a ban on Russian refined products will lead to greater competition for fuel and that's not why it's surging it's surging because uh, people are well let's just say <laughs> greedy bastards um, Bitcoin is collapsing again. Um, I'm trying to find where I have um, the gas prices, but I don't see them up anymore. Let's see here. I know this is like an amazing uh, podcast material. So diesel is at $5.32. Uh, I'll round up, um, which again having a metric that is comparing a year previous really does society a disservice because a year ago doesn't really matter much when the low is below $3 and 60 cents because further back you go, the less it was it's now at $5 and 32 cents. That's twice as much as Well, nearly twice as much as, um, a year ago and more than twice as much when you go further back uh, this is all greed that the profit margin uh, allows this to be moderated at a lower rate but that's not what's happening uh, the producers of diesel in particular see a metric ton of money sitting on the table and they're too greedy to just let it go and and let consumers have some level Uh, modicum of respite from the pain and suffering that they've been experiencing for two and a half years. You think people enjoyed having a bunch of money because they sat around? No, it was going towards prices that that are increasing for the last two years. Lorianne LaRocco over at CNBC wrote this article. And um, yeah, so inventory is low. Um, Population is high. Demand is high. It says uh, the number of days supply is 25. So that's pretty much what everybody else is living in month to month. So apparently diesel is that low, which means that products cannot get from one place to another because it isn't people driving around in their unleaded gasoline um, vehicles. It's trucks that have to have more torque to be able to carry large weight up hills and long distance. Um, Yeah, and in bulk. It's not like you want 150 million more F-150s carrying around a couple of tons of material. No, you want trucks doing it. Some might argue trains, but hey, uh, corporations did a really bang up job in dismembering the train system here in the United States. Uh, Diesel prices have increased 33% for November deliveries and are expected to go higher. Diesel supply in the northeast, the drought-stricken Mississippi River, and a potential rail strike are contributing to higher fuel demand with calls for federal government intervention uh, to increase supply. And diesel reserves have not been this low since 1951. Yeah, I told you all, Prices are going to go through the roof. This is a CPI thing. This is a producer price index thing. This is the producers of the material artificially constraining the supply and sucking the money out of the middle class because the rich aren't paying this. Acer Chromebooks, Spin uh, 714, is worse than its predecessor. This is an article over in The Word in Tech. And, uh, the reason why I even chose to bring this aboard, um, this is over at the verge, it's by Monica Chin. I am, uh, completely against Chromebooks. Um, they are too specialized for one particular purpose and they can't do anything generalist in any sense of the word. They're inexpensive, but nowadays at $730, it cannot do what a full PC can do with an operate with a full operating system. Um, you need something like Windows. It says uh, the major area in which uh, this device has improved over the 713 is speed. The 714 is one of the few Chromebooks that comes with Intel's 12th generation. It's lightning fast. It handled the author's heavy multitasking workload, which I'm not sure what that even means um, and can't imagine. It would have a problem running things in Linux either. No. Um, while they tested uh, last year's 7.13, the fans were raging basically the whole time. So that's a welcome improvement. Okay. So let's scroll down here. Um, uh, let me... Uh, I'm just looking for something here. One second. You know, it might be faster if I look elsewhere. Dun dun dun. Sorry, I'm I'm just scanning for something. Ugh, bug on it. Oh, the Verge and it's below the fold. Snap of five thousand pages. So yeah it's still running chrome os so everything is in the cloud and everything ha- is tied to a, a google account um yeah you can sign up for other stuff but the simple fact is that it's it's basically a google device um, which is fine for its intended purpose but if you need a utilitarian device a chromebook is not it it can only do one thing and that's connect you to the cloud um, sure you can do things local don't but- Don't fixate on the one thing that I'm trying to drive home. But it is a one hit wonder. It has one task that's to get you online. Um, Even though you can do things local, its entire ideology is hell bent on putting you online. Anyway. I just wish that we could get replaceable batteries back. Just develop the tech to allow us to slide thin batteries into the play into the side of the device. For crying out loud, give us replaceable batteries. When you when the battery dies, I can plug it in, swap out batteries and disconnect again so I don't have to worry about always being plugged in or my battery dying mid whatever I'm doing. It doesn't matter, make it so, th- I'd rather have a little bit thicker device, build the the material so that it can lock a, a, a slide in battery in place, make the frame rigid enough to allow for this one thing for crying out loud. Okay, well, the next article is the craziest Airbnb designs that just won $100,000 from a ghost town gondola and acorn tree house to a salt cave and koi fish dome house airbnb awarded 100 recipients 100 thousand dollars each to design out of this world properties the properties are located around the world and have unique thematic concepts and you can see 25 of the designs that won the coveted grant Um, there's an airbnb for everyone these days tiny homes a frames moroccan riads and properties purposely stocked with a grand piano but for those looking to sidestep into uh or sorry step inside an airbnb and have their minds blown there's a specific category for that the oh my god category symbolized by a little ufo spaceship i think that ufo and spaceship are one and the same unless you're talking about you know, spacex judges representing Airbnb chose 100 winners from more than 20 countries to award $100,000 each to bring their designs to life. The properties will be ready for guests by next summer. Uh, This is the last article for today. I will not be going through all of them. I think that they've got a lot over here at the Business Insider article. Sarah Bell Lynn is the author of this. And um, let's look at a few of them. I won't go through them all. There's a Honeybee one. A beehive house in uh, the rainforest in Costa Rica. I think this is something that is to be built, not already built. All of these are like that. Jungle Eco Treehouse with a leaf petal shape. I don't know how they're gonna facilitate that but it looks like it's gonna be a whole bunch of wood. Maybe it already exists. I'm not sure. Uh, I think the implication was that it is to be built. Acorn Library with Treehouse Outdoor Acorn Bathroom. Oh, bathtub. Sorry. I see it right there. It's out on a little pedestal. It's in the UK, so I guess you don't have to worry about a lion eating you like human soup. You'll be out there, luxuriating in your bath and then something pop out and eat you. Orion constellation, 10 elevated rooms in Oaxaca. I like saying that, Oaxaca. Oaxaca. A bunch of bedrooms in the shape of a Himalayan fruit. That's in India. Ghost Town Gondola Town at 12,000 feet. All right. Hansel and Gretel's Chocolate House in Argentina. Wow. Adobe fossilized dinosaur skull in the desert in the United States. This is stuff. Wow. This is amazing. Actually, I kind of dig this. They have about 12 more. If you follow this tire shaped house made of junkyard tires. That can't be healthy for you. I can't believe that that would be made into anything. I think tires off gas. Like constantly. Uh, I'd have to look into that one. Anyway. um, There are a bunch more. But, But yeah. Most of these if not all of these are renders. I think that they're all renders. Stargazing sphere suspended in the rocks. All right dome house floating in a koi fish pond pretty interesting folks and each one got $100,000 every single one of these is probably going to use all of that $100,000 okay so that is it for today again it is October 30th 2022 I am Merwatt that is ometown.com go over and check it out come back tomorrow at 6pm I'm out of here See you tomorrow.